message and, and hey, don't let that throw you. Hey, I used to teach junior high school <laughs> years ago. So don't you, that doesn't bother me. Amen. Glad, glad they're here. Let's open the Bibles. You got Mark 9. Go to Mark 9. I don't have a problem when a baby starts crying. It doesn't bother me at all. Glad they're here. Getting the word of God in them. Can anybody say amen? amen. So parents don't feel badly. Glad your kids are here. All right. Mark the ninth chapter, 33rd verse. Let's go. We're going to talk about the servant today since it's... Uh, Volunteer day. We'll talk about the servant. Jesus had a lot to say about servants. Mark nine thirty three. Notice what the Bible says. He came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, "What was it that you disputed among yourselves on the road?" Did you know that the disciples got into an argument on the road uh, as they were going along with Jesus? You know, can you imagine the disciples having an argument? Has anybody ever had an argument? <laughs> besides me well the disciples got into an argument and more probably of a heated discussion maybe than an argument and uh, so Jesus was asking them about it and notice verse 34 they kept silent well you know why they kept silent because on the road they disputed among themselves who would be the greatest can you imagine the disciples are arguing and disputing about who would be the greatest and you know they argued about this a lot you know, who's the greatest among us? Who's going to get to sit, sit at your right hand, Jesus? Who's going to get to sit at your left hand and all of that? And notice verse 35, he sat down, he called the 12 and said to them, if anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and what? And what? Servant of all. So if you want to be first, if you want to be great in the eyes of God, now, now don't forget this, you're either going to be great in the eyes of the world or you're going to be great in the eyes of God. Now, I don't care anymore about being great in the eyes of the world. There was a day that that was important to me, but it isn't anymore. I'm not interested in being considered great in the eyes of the world. I'd like to be considered great in the eyes of God. And the way to do that is to be a servant. Real loud say servant. Yeah, be a servant. And so Jesus explained to them that the one who serves is the greatest. You see, true servants do not care about notoriety or acclaim or accolade. But true servants, uh, all they care about is helping people and serving others. Now notice in Mark 10, verse 43, go there if you would, Mark 10, verse 43, because this this thing about who's going to be the greatest came up again. And it came up a lot. Jesus had to deal with his disciples a lot about this because they kept disputing about who's going to be the greatest. And notice Mark ten forty three. Yet it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your what? Servant. Shall be your servant. So all people that serve the Lord are considered great in the eyes of God. Notice verse 43 again, it shall not be so among you, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. See, if you want to be great in the eyes of God, you must be a servant. Verse 44, and whoever, and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave or actually servant of all. Notice verse 45, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve. 
but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Think about that. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And he's our example, isn't he? And we need to be like him. You know, he practiced what he preached. You can go with me real quickly to John 13. Go to John 13, verse 1. Probably, perhaps the greatest example in the Bible of, of servanthood, and we find it coming from the second member of the Trinity, God himself manifest in the flesh, the Lord Jesus. Look at John 13, verse 1. Now, before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had, had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, notice this, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, girded himself. After that, now watch this, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. Now, do you realize what's going on here? You've got very God in the flesh, Jesus himself, washing his creation's feet. You know, the Bible said all things were made by him. And, you know, Jesus, he's a creator, isn't he? Sure he is. And there he is, the creator washing his creation's feet. He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which, which he girded himself with. Then he came to Simon Peter and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, uh, what, I'm doing, uh, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but we, you'll know after this. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. How many of you would probably be like, like Peter? I think I'd be like Peter if the Lord Jesus was coming to wash my feet. What would most of us do? We'd say, no, 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 Lord, let us what? Wash your feet. And that's what Peter was doing. He said, no, 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 you'll not wash my feet. Jesus answered him. He said, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. But the point we're trying to get at here is that, much we could say about that, but that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Jesus was showing himself to be a servant. And notice verse 12, just skip down to verse 12 for the sake of time. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I've done to you? Now watch this. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you a what? an example that you should do as I have done to you. And the point we're trying to make here is that Jesus, you can't get any higher than him, can you? And you can't get any higher than the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Is that right? You, you can't get any higher than that. And uh, there you have the Son of God washing his creation's feet. What an example of, of being a servant. 
And then he says, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. We should be servants, shouldn't we? We should be servants. And we should be looking to serve the Lord and, and we should be looking to serve people. That's the heartbeat of God is being a servant. Servant, serving one another. Serving one another. And not just serving people that are high on the ladder, but you know how you can really get God's attention? Is when you start serving those that are considered by the world to be low on the ladder. When I used to teach school back years ago, I taught junior high, high school, junior college, mathematics. I like junior college better. But when I taught junior high, high school, you know what I'd, I'd do? I'd find out the janitors, who they were, and I'd find out their names, and I got to know the janitors. And you know, this is just what I did because it's the example that Jesus would set. I, was, I, I treated the janitors nicer than I did the principal and the superintendents. Now you be nice to them too, <laughs> you understand. But but I found the people in the in the school that would be considered lowest on the totem pole, so to speak. And then you treat them nice. You call them ma'am. You call them sir. You you do nice things for them. Do you understand what I'm saying? You treat them with absolute respect. And that's, I mean, that's what, that's what gets God's attention. Do you understand that? And also it'll get your, your room extra clean too, by the way. <laughs> but that's not why I did it. You understand, we all need to be servants. And you know, I'll just say this, preachers ought to stand at the head of the list on being servants. Jesus, can you get any higher than him? Nope, and he came not to be served, but to what? Serving. You know, ministers ought to, pastors, teachers, preachers ought to be first in line not to be served, but to serve. And, and, and I'll just take a brief moment with this because I think it's necessary. Revelation 2, 6, go there real quickly. I'm not gonna teach on long. You know, you don't have to teach long to get the point across, is that right? We're just... Notice, did you know there are certain things that God does not like? Look here in Revelation 2, 6. He was speaking to one of the churches there, the Lord was, and he said this in Revelation 2, 6. He says, but this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Jesus said he hated the deeds of the Nicolaitans. And I could preach for hours on the Nicolaitans, but there's one thing that we can say that they did is that they were preachers and ministers, clergy people. And one thing among others that they did is they would set themselves up above the people of the church. And they expected the people of the church to serve them. Now, there's nothing wrong with being nice to your pastor and and, and you understand that that's all good and right. But these people here, what they would do is they would come in as the, the, the minister, the clergy, and they would expect people to serve them and open doors for them and this, that, and the other, that kind of thing. And, and... Jesus said that he, did he say he liked it or he hated it? He hated it. Preachers should be first on the list of being servants. Can anybody say amen to that? But it doesn't just apply to preachers. All of us should be servants. I'm interested in serving you. How can I serve you? How can I help you? And then you ought to be interested in 
how can you help me and others? Is that right? That's what true Christianity is all about, is helping one another, picking one another up. We saw an example of that over here this morning with, in the puppet skit. That one fella, he was feeling bad. What was his name? Sam, he was feeling, Steve, Steve, okay. He was feeling bad about himself, wasn't he? Is that right? But then he had, what was it? Sammy was there. Really, she she was serving him, so to speak. Because a lot of times we think you serve a glass of water or a glass of soda, but she was serving him in that she was encouraging him and uplifting him and helping him. And she was doing what Jesus uh, would want her to do. Is that right? Realize, say servant. servant. Yeah. We shouldn't look to be served, but we should look to serve. Is that right? Now, I want to close the message with just, just a couple of things here. Go to Matthew twenty-five twenty-one, with some rewards of being a servant. Rewards of being a servant. Now, while we don't look for reward, that's not our motive in, in serving. We don't look for reward. We just serve because the Lord wants us to. It's the right thing to do. But there are some rewards and benefits that come along with it. Look at Matthew 25, 21. Notice Jesus is speaking. His Lord said to him, well done, good and what? Faithful servant. You have, or you were faithful over what? A few things. See, a lot of times people think that they have to be faithful over something big for it to count with God. Did you know that God isn't so much looking at how you handle big things? He's looking at how you handle, real loud say, little things. Little things. Because it's a spiritual principle. If you don't, if you're not faithful over little things, you'll never be faithful over big things. You'll never, God will never entrust what the world would think of as big things to you if you won't be faithful over little things. You understand what I'm saying? And so uh, this servant was faithful over a few things, little things. And then Jesus said, I will make you ruler over what? Many things. So one of the rewards of being a servant is that you'll get more responsibility. God will open up more doors for you, give you more things to be faithful over. And then he says, enter into the what? Enter into what? The what? Enter into the, realize say joy. How many of you'd like to have the joy of the Lord? Well, one way you get it is through serving. Through serving. Through serving. Through serving. If you're lacking joy, become a servant. Yeah, I just don't have much joy in my life. Well, just start serving somewhere. I read you a whole list of things you can get involved here in in the church. Just find somebody that doesn't have it as well as you and and start serving them. Do something nice for them, you know. Maybe you go cut their grass for them or whatever the case may be. And I tell you what, when you do that, the joy of the Lord, because see, it pleases God. And then the joy of the Lord will come. That's worth being a servant right there, just the joy of the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if you need some strength in your life, you know what you do? Just find somebody and do something nice for them and start serving, you see. And the joy of the Lord will come and the strength will come. Look at Luke nineteen seventeen. Look at nineteen seventeen. How many of you know the Lord is soon to come? He's soon to come. And, uh, and, and then, you know, there'll be a tribulation period and all of that. And then after the tribulation period, there'll be a millennial reign, you know, where Jesus will be reigning from Jerusalem here upon the earth. I don't have time to get into all that this morning. But he's going to need some people 
to oversee his things for him and to run cities and to run governments. How many of you know the government's not being run too well right now, is it? By Democrats or Republicans, huh? Is that right? But during the millennium, Jesus is going to reign and rule from Jerusalem and he's going to need somebody to oversee the United States. He's going to need somebody to oversee because you know they're not going to have elections in that hour. Jesus is going to appoint people. Won't that be wonderful? And uh, you know who he's going to appoint? Look at this right here. Look at Luke 19, 17. And Jesus said to him, well done, good servant. Good what? Good servant. Because you were faithful in a very little, have authority over what? He's talking about in the millennial reign, the thousand year reign that he's going to reign upon the earth. You know how to get authority in the millennium and and, and be faithful now in the little thing? Be be faithful now in the post, the assignment that God's given you. Be faithful there. And later it'll it'll pay tremendous dividends when he, he might just put you in authority over the city of St. Louis. Now, you know, that sounds far-fetched, but is that what your Bible said? You'll have authority over cities. Is that right? In, in the context of it has to be the millennium. See, a lot of times we, we become people that we think just right now, right now, right now, right now. But you always need to, yeah, you need to think right now, right? But you always ought to be thinking ahead too. Is that right? And, and, and you know, the faithfulness that you're showing in what you think is little and insignificant. Remember, does God see things the way the world sees things? No. So, so if you're looking at something the way the world's looking at it, my, it's little, it's insignificant, it doesn't matter, but God doesn't see things that way. And you be faithful in what, what the world would think is little and insignificant. You be faithful in that. And God one day will reward you greatly. Do you know one of the reasons David became king of Israel? Do you know one of the reasons? It wasn't because he killed the giant, though he did. But one of the main reasons he became the king of Israel is because if you read in there, because his brothers made fun of him over this, he was concerned about his father's few sheep. He was concerned about taking care of his father's few sheep. And because of that, see, he was a man after God's own heart. Much we could say, but that's one of the reasons he became king of Israel. Not the only reason, but one of the, in my opinion, one of the main reasons. His brothers made fun of him. But they were all cowards, weren't they? Just a couple more. John 12, 26. Rewards of, of, rewards of being a servant. Look at John 12, 26. Look at this. Jesus is speaking. He says, if anyone, this is John 12, 26. If anyone, what's that next word? Serves me. Let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. What's the reward of serving Jesus? You get to hang out with him. I don't know how you can get better than that. And then he goes on to say, if anyone serves me, him my father will honor. How many of you'd like to have honor from God the Father? (laughs) Serve Jesus. If you're serving Jesus, you're going to be serving people, aren't you? Because that's what he's interested in. And then finally, much we could go on talking, talking, talk, but look at John 15 and 15. 
last one. We'll close right here. Just rewards of, of being a servant. John 15, 15. Jesus is speaking to his disciples who were his servants. He says, no longer do I call you servants for, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you. How many of you would like Jesus calling you his friend? A good deal, isn't it? So you serve. And you serve with a good and right heart, good and right motive. And he'll call you friend. And if you read this and look at it, you'll get to know what, notice he said, no longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. And it looks like to me that if we'll serve him, not only will he call us friends, but we'll be in on what he's doing. How many of you'd like to be in on what Jesus is doing? And then he goes on to say, for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Is that a good deal? (laughs) You can't get much better than that. Did you get anything out of this today? Stand with me if you would. Just heads bowed and eyes closed for a moment, if you would, right before we're dismissed and we go out to, uh, to the time of fellowship. Don't forget, fellas, don't forget now, sign up for that bowling. Don't forget that now. Okay, don't forget the time of fellowship out there. Judy Davis, she's a, she's a servant. Well, I'll tell you what, she, she cooks, makes all those goodies for us. Find her out there, thank her. She volunteers her time and her effort. Thank her. And Janie and the other ones that help, we're just so grateful. So stick around for a few minutes afterwards, if you would, fellowship. There might be somebody here today that needs fellowship.